Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. Uh, I want to share with you this morning, I entitled this sermon, I Don't Like That. And I'll explain uh, what that means Uh, here in a bit with a story that I want to share with you but I entitled it I don't like that it's from a story that is a story that's often told in church Uh, it's kind of I always think of stories in church as some that you know I I grew up going to church so I, I I went to church as a little child and all the way through and so there are certain Bible stories that are told to the little kids I don't tell them the whole you know but there are certain stories that always make it through to the little kids and, and this is one of those stories, and so I've heard this story my whole life, and uh, it's actually a, a parable. Jesus uh, explained things like we explain things. He was like, let me, give you, let me give you an example, let me tell you a story that will help you understand a truth. And so this is a story of a farmer sowing seed, and I, I just always feel like that they were probably looking at you know, walking by, there's probably a, a farmer out working in the fields, and he was like using it as an example. And this is from Luke chapter 8. We've been walking through the book of Luke together. And uh, let me just read to you from the passage, and then let me share with you from it. He says in Luke 8, verse 4, While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow seed, sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. So picture him, probably at a basket, he's scooping up the seed and literally strewing it out like that. Now, you may have sown seed before. I know when I was growing up, it'd be like put, you know, dig a hole, you know, four inches deep, put three kernels in that, you know, three seeds in that, you know. And it, this was, the, this was uh, probably wheat, something like that, and they were just strowing it out like that, okay? He said, some fell on the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil when it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him, what what does this parable mean? He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables So that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while. But in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. 
But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So he's basically describing, he says, there's four different types of people. If, you know, the, the, the good news is being thrown out there, like you, you hear it, and he says, uh, you know, as, you, as, as it's being dispersed, as you sitting here, you hear the good news of Jesus Christ, what he can do for your life, you hear these truths, he says, as you hear it, he said there are basically four types of people and how they respond to that gospel. So he's categorizing us. And Jesus is teaching his disciples who are going to be doing that. He says, you've got to understand, you're going to encounter these four different groups of people. So I, I want you to know it when I preach, when I'm up here on, on Sunday, because of teachings like this from Jesus, I go like, well, there are four different groups of people in the audience this morning. Like, you're probably all here. And I'm glad that each of you are here. It's no offense to me that there's one more or the other or whatever, you know, kind of like that. But I think it's important that not just the apostles know that, I know that, but what about you? Do you know, are you aware where you lie in, in that setting? Which, which group would you classify in? Now, that's pretty interesting. So let's look at the four, think about them, and I'd like you to at least leave this morning knowing which category you're in, maybe thinking about which category you wish you were in, and, and then maybe what decisions or changes you might need to make if you want to move from one of those to the other. So the first category, he just describes those who are not ready. They're just not ready. He says that seed, it falls on hard ground. And because it falls on this hard path, it, it's... You know, people are walking on that path. The birds scoop up those seeds. You know, they're hungry. They want to eat. And it, it just doesn't take root. It doesn't produce anything because they're just not ready. And that's okay. There, you know, I actually hope every Sunday that there are people who are in our congregation who are sitting here. And I'm glad you're here. I mean, just by being here, you're thinking like, well, I'm interested in in church, I'm interested in the good morals that Christians pursue. I'm interested in the fellowship of good people. But, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of people think, you know, I know, I think faith and all that is a good thing. Like, I think it's a good thing. But just not now. I don't know if I'm ready to make that commitment. I don't know if I'm ready to take that step. And that's okay. See, I, I continue... Um, ministering to you and sharing to you and sharing the gospel with you because I'm thinking well not now means that maybe one day hopefully one day soon you would be ready and so there's probably someone sitting here this morning and you're saying you know like I hear the gospel I know what you're saying but my, my heart's not ready for it and I'm not ready to make that commitment and so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna push that aside for now and I'm not ready to do that and again we're not sitting here going like, ah, oh, we, we, we want, in fact, I believe a healthy church has people that are coming to the church and, and coming and to worship and participating, and, and, but they're not, they're not ready yet, you know, and we want you to be here. But I hope and pray that one day you'll be ready and you'll change your heart, you'll soften your heart. See, the, the problem with this situation is the soil that it's fallen on isn't broken up. It's not, 
It's not ready to receive. It's hard. It's not ready. And so my prayer is that one day your heart will be open to the good news, to the gospel, and you'll consider, you know, I'm ready to make that commitment. I'm ready to, to decide that I want to follow Jesus with my heart. And it could be, it could be that today as you're listening to this, you think like, well, why not today? You know, I made a joke earlier about D now, right? It was like, John told me, he's like, you, you don't have to wait. You know, you don't have to wait till a, a different time. You don't have to. You could just go ahead and sign up today for D now. You could go ahead and make that commitment. Well, I mean, obviously this is a much more serious commitment, but you could go ahead and make that commitment. You, you don't have to wait on anybody else or anything or a different phase of life. And, and, and at some, you know, I hope and pray that sooner than later you'll decide, no, I'm ready. And it could be today. But I'm glad you're here. Now, I, I don't really think that those people are as confused or unsure as the next two groups of people. I think the two on the outside, the, the first one and the last one, are not as confused. But sometimes I think the two in the middle can get a little confused. Because this, this next one he describes, he says, it's, it's, some, it's, it's seed that falls, but it falls on a rock. I thought that's a good picture. Go back to that picture. It's a good picture of a, a plant growing up in the middle of the highway, right? It's got no shot, right? But, but we, we, we sometimes there are plants and they, they grow up, but they're sitting on a rock. There's a little bit of soil there, but it's not going to produce anything. The roots aren't going to, there's no depth, there's no way, but they jump in there for a little while. They're almost what you might call, you may have heard this phrase, a cultural Christian. And usually what happens is they have an experience or experiences, but there's just no commitment, there's no follow-through. So this is where the phrase, I don't like that, comes in. I'll tell you a story. So I had a, a, a friend, and uh, I just felt like I, I don't think he's really made a commitment to follow Christ, and I, I wanted him to know Jesus, so... We, you know, we, I took him out to eat and we sat down and I, we were talking about spiritual things. And in the process, I, I was asking him about following Jesus. And he began to describe to me something that sounds like this. He says, well, you know, I, I, mean, I, I remember when I was a teenager, like going to camp or something like D-Now. And it would be awesome. And I'd get kind of fired up about it. And I would think at the time, like, that sounds good. Like, I want to I do that, right? And, uh, and I said, well, did you? Did you follow the Lord? He said, well, for about two weeks, you know, I'd come back. And for a couple of weeks, you know, I'd be fired up. Or maybe a month, and then, and then I wouldn't. And then, you know, like two years would pass, and I'd go to another camp or another thing and i'd have another experience i think this is awesome this is good I'll, i'd like to i'd like to have that like that sounds awesome looks awesome and for about two weeks you know i'd follow you know try and then i wouldn't i'd go back to live in the same way that i did and he described to me you know a handful of instances over his life and this guy was like in his 40s now and he describes to me a handful of instances and i said but is there was there any point where, you know, your commitment or your desire to follow the Lord lasted, you know, more than a month? 
He's like, no, no, not really, to be honest with you, not really. And I said, well, this, we were using the term a, a walk in a path that ends up in heaven. That's the term we were using. You can use any term you want, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, whatever term you want. I said, I don't think you're, since we were using that term, like being on the path to heaven, I said, like, I don't think you're on that path. I think you're on a different path to a different place. And he said, I don't like that. And that's why I titled this sermon, I don't like that. I said, I don't like that either. That's why I'm in this lunch with you. That's why I'm talking with you. Because my fear is what happens to a lot of us, especially in the deep south, if we were raised with kind of religious people around us, you know, we end up maybe like this guy went to church when we were a kid and went to Bible school or we went to church as a teenager. We went with some friends and maybe our parents took us or what, whatever it might be or, or we went with our grandma every once in a while or whatever it might be. And, and, and you may have even gone to church regularly, but, but there's never been a true commitment to following the Lord. It sounds great, but there's no real commitment. It's kind of like this. Have you ever known somebody... And it seems like they're falling in love with someone. But you kind of get the impression from talking to them that they're not really in love with that person. They're kind of in love with the idea of being in love. I know you've known somebody like that, right? It's like you just think, like, I think they're in I think they're in love with the idea of having a relationship, the idea of being in love. Like it looks cool, it looks like it might be a thing, it looks like something that everybody else has or a lot of people have or something you want, and the idea of it seems like a great thing, and so you start to pursue that, but you're really not in love with that person. You're really not committed to that person, and you've known someone like that. You may have even done it yourself. That's what this is like in a spiritual realm. Someone who's just really in love with the idea of following Jesus. It seems like a great thing. It seems like something that you would want to pursue. You look around, especially at a thing like a camp or Dean Allen's like, man, these people seem to like have something and it's really awesome and it's something I'd like to have too, you know. And you think, well, I'd like to have that. But then you dabble in it a little, you look into it a little and you're like, oh. You know, that, that requires a commitment on my part, a following of Jesus, a change on my part, a Lord of my life kind of stuff. You know, I don't know. And we back off, and you end up in church on a Sunday morning. And you may come a good bit, but you've never really made a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. And my concern is that these people see the little flower budding up in the middle of the highway and they think, see, there's life there. There's something there. But there's not. There's not. You're not on the pathway to heaven. You're on a different pathway to a different place. Living your life on this earth. Knowing that there's this thing out there that seems great and seems awesome and you kind of like it, but never really committing to it. That's a cultural Christian, not really committed to that. Now for you, I'm also glad you're here. I'm glad you're here and you may even be chasing that 
feeling again. That thing that you've experienced four or five times in your life and you'd like to have it again. But I want to tell you, in the same way that love with a person isn't just chasing some romantic high, that's not what a commitment to Jesus Christ is either. There's a deep and abiding love and commitment to the truth and to someone you can depend on and trust in in Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and to guide you in your life. And you want that relationship more than anything. And my hope and prayer for you is that you make a decision and say, you know what? It's time I'm ready to make a commitment to following Jesus. A genuine, a genuine conversion. A genuine change in my life. Now what's interesting is for this person, one of the things that often holds them back is... Maybe in one of those instances, they even followed through with some religious ceremony like getting baptized or some other commitment that that involved whatever church or denomination they were a part of. And so they did something formal like that. And now they're even more confused because they think, well, when this happened, I did that. I keep using camps. They went to camp. They got got baptized. But never, never, if I said, well, describe to me your life since then, they wouldn't describe to me a life of following Jesus. They would describe to me that they went back to their normal way of life until the next episode two years later, right? That's not following Jesus. That's not a relationship, a committed relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what holds that person back a lot of times is they sit back and go like, ooh, well now if I make a genuine commitment at this time, you know, we we start thinking about, yeah, but when I was eight years old or when I was whatever, don't let that hold you back. Don't let something that happened because you were, you know, emotionally in a place when you were 14 years old, you know, don't let that hold you back from making a decision to follow Jesus Christ genuinely a committed relationship with him that's what jesus is describing now there's a third person i think that person is here as well i call it those who aren't focused and i i actually could argue that this person actually has made a commitment to jesus christ it could go either way right it's like he's describing seeds that that they they fall on the kind of the outskirts of the, of the field that's prepared. They're, they're right out there, and they do grow. They do grow, but they just don't produce any fruit. They don't produce what they're meant to produce, you know? So it's a, it's a, it's a tree. It says they don't mature because they're choked away by the thorns and the other stuff. There's all this other stuff going on. You know, if you really want to grow something, you prepare the soil for it, and then you're constantly hoeing, right? You're constantly getting the weeds away and keeping everything away so that all that's there is what you want to grow, and that will grow, and that will produce the fruit you want it to produce. We're we're constantly, you know, we grow blackberries at, at our at home and so 
we, we constantly have to, there's two seasons a year when we have to do pruning with them, and then we're constantly having to keep it clean underneath because they can just grow wild and stuff, and you can, you'll still have black, you still have a few blackberries, but if you take care of it and do all this stuff, you'll have lots of blackberries, right? You'll have all kinds of fruit, and uh, it'll grow new ones, and it'll continue, and, but you have to take care of it and do those things. But sometimes the seed falls among the thorns, and it just grows, but it doesn't really produce. And, and so we were reading a book as a staff this week, and it had a, it had a little phrase. It, 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 was, it said functional atheism. It's an interesting phrase. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, we were having our little book club and discussion and the book on prayer, but it talked about functional atheism. And what it meant is that maybe you're a Christian, you're, you're following Jesus, but functionally, like in real life, it's almost like there's no God because there's nothing really happening in, in your life. There's, there's no production. It's not doing what it was meant to happen. This is, a, this is a description of a lot of people who are sitting in pews on Sunday mornings in a church. A lot of people. Are they genuine believers? Probably. Maybe. There's a, there's a good likelihood. But they don't really look that much different from anybody else in the world. Like if you, if you sat them down at work with a bunch of other people and they're not believers, they're not committed, there's really not much difference. You know, look at them and you're like, they're just, they're just the same as everybody else. They fit into a culture of non-belief just as easily as they fit into a culture of, of church. They, just, they know what to say and do and all that stuff. But the fact of the matter is, they're choked out by the things of the world. There's never a maturing that produces this great amount of what God intends for their life. Why is the farmer sowing the seed in the first place? Because of all that that can produce in that person's life to benefit other people in the world and like what God wants to accomplish. There's all this maturing and growth, but it never happens. There's no maturing, there's no growth, there's no production. Oh, they're a believer, you know, they're, you know, they're on the path to heaven, but there's nothing happening on the path. You know, we just, we choked out by the things of this world. We worry so much about all these other priorities in life. And I understand them, right? You got your job, and you got your family, and you got all the things, you got your household you got to take care of, and your your health, and, and, and we never step back and really seek God. It's just the seeking of God is jumbled up with all the other stuff. We make a few priorities, and hopefully there's some of you, like, so church is a priority, right? So you're here, and, that, and again, that's awesome. But then a lot of times, even the church priority is really just about, well, me getting my weekly feeding or sustenance of what I need, and then we, we go about our way. And it's not really producing to impact other people's lives. You know, we literally just come in, and we take in what we need, and, and then we go, and it just doesn't make a difference. And it's not making a difference in the world around us. It's not impacting anything. And what a dangerous place to be. 
And so we just kind of waffle in this place of kind of marginal kind of being what God really intended us to be. And almost, we almost sit on the outsides or the outskirts and we look out in the field and see the ones that are really producing and we think they are something special. Like we're normal and they're the special ones. When all the while, what is normal for the believer is the ones who are in the field, in the soil plowed, that are producing, and they're out there and the fruit's growing. That's the normal, not the ones on the side being choked out by the weeds, right? But we trick ourselves into thinking that, oh, well, that person that's, you know, they're serving and doing and sharing about Jesus and doing it like that person, and they're kind of like, you know, I'm normal. Well, you're not, you're not really normal for a follower of Jesus. You're, you're tricking yourself. And you may even be tricking yourself into being what someone in a book would describe as a functional atheist. The believer in the Lord, but their life functions as someone who doesn't really, doesn't really believe in the Lord because it doesn't change anything. It's not impacting to the degree That Think about it, that if God was this paramount priority thing in your life, what would happen in your life? And so for me, I find those, as I try to minister and preach to them, I find that sad. I I find that like, oh, it could be so much. There's so much more that the Lord wants to do for you. And so much more the Lord wants to do through you. If you would allow Him to do that. If you would follow Him. Now the good news is that if there are those who've made a decision, wherever they were along this path, we were all, at least in that first quadrant, at some point in our lives. And many of us have spent some time In the second and third. Don't think for one instance that not a single person here has spent some time in those other two. Right? There there has been. But there is a fourth group. And that is the group that he describes that you're going to sow that seed just like the farmer does. And it's going to fall where it's supposed to. And it's going to grow. And it's going to produce fruit. And I'm going to say these are the people that weren't deterred by anything else. They weren't deterred, they were determined. Right? They weren't deterred, they were determined to follow Jesus. It said the seed, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. And what he means is a heart that was ready, that wants it, that wants to receive the truth, that wants to hear from God, that wants to follow God. And it says they hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Look at that, those little sections. They hear the word, retain it, by persevering, produce a crop. They hear it. They want to hear it, so they hear it. They want to know what it is, so they, they're listening. They're zoned in, and they, they want it. They, they come, you come to church because you want to hear the word of God. Like, you want to know what God has to say to you. And you're, you're an open book with God. Like, you know He might challenge you. You, may, you know he might step on your toes. You know he might correct something. 
You also know he might encourage you, he might pat you on the back, he might bless you. It doesn't matter, whatever he has for you, you want it. So you hear it, and you retain it. Uh, that, that Greek word means clings to it. Like you get it and you hold on to it. You're like, I want this. I want to know and I want to follow. And so you cling to it. And then it says, they, by persevering, they produce. Or your, your translation might say, they patiently produce. Which means that it ta- it, it, there's time involved, right? That, like it takes time for a plant to grow and to grow the point where it produces fruit. I've also planted blueberries. Oh my goodness. Well, the first ones died because it got too hot that summer. So then we got them and now they're growing and you have to have more than one. They won't grow by themselves. They won't produce. And then finally that year we got like five berries. And then last year we got about 12. And so it's been like, and so it takes years. It takes years for it to grow and to sprout and to get to produce more and more. And I'm hoping one day, one day I have a bunch of, you know, blueberries too. But who knows, you know, but like, but that takes time. But it takes time, but there's production and it's coming. But as we patiently persevere and we follow the Lord and we, we, we don't let the things of this world choke us off. It tries to, doesn't it? It tries to. The sorrows of this world, the struggles of this world, you know, and, 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 and dealing with all the things and what looks normal over there in the weeds, right? We deal with all that stuff, but yet not deterred because you want to follow Jesus and you made a commitment to follow Jesus and you keep going on that track. And as you do, as you persevere following Jesus, you'll produce much fruit and as John described he says those who abide in Jesus Christ those who follow Jesus and stay connected with Jesus he quotes Jesus as saying in in John 15 he says like oh you you'll produce much fruit you'll do so many things for my kingdom and it's not a matter of you like well I'm trying he was like no you don't even have to try you just have to follow me you just have to stay connected you just have to be committed to following Jesus Christ and being part of that relationship and listening to Him, and He'll guide you, and you will. You'll produce much fruit. And that's that fourth category. That's that group. So my heart's desire for you this morning is obviously that you would be in that category. That as the gospel is shared with you, as the, as the word is put out to you, that you'll say like, no, 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 that's me, Brother Jim. That's where I'm at. That's where, that's where I'm at. And if you're in that category, you're the ones that Jesus is saying, hey, as you go out, remember there are people in four categories. <laughs> and if you're in any of the other three, hey, if you're not ready, fine. I'm glad you're here. My prayer is you'll be ready one day. If you're in either of the other two, it's my prayer that you'll really see where you're at. The last thing I want for you is for you to think that you're on the pathway following Jesus. You're where you need to be with Him in the good soil, but yet, really, you just had an emotional experience or two. That's a fear of mine for you. 
And you can make a decision to be committed and follow Jesus Christ, right? And my second fear is that there are those of you and you, you know Jesus and you follow Jesus, but you just can't, you just can't prioritize, you, can't just, you just can't get rid of all this other stuff and, and elevate following Jesus to the appropriate place in your life. And if we could pull our, our selfish desires aside and all the other things we could, that's my desire for you. And that's my prayer for you this morning. That you'll leave here this morning and, and make a decision about who you are and what you want to be and who Jesus could be in your life. So let me pray for you this morning. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for who you are and I thank you for what we could be with you. And I pray that this uh, room will be filled with those who are committed to you, who would love you and uh, respond to you as you would have us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.